Welcome back to Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia. I'm your host, Chad Everett Brochiers, and I'm just going to adjust this one just a little bit. A little less glare, maybe. Okay. There we go. Okay. Today's episode is on, it's another one that seems to have uh, quite a bit of desire to hear more about, or at least insights on, and that's going to be on relationships. So as my meme from earlier with uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, was about, if you didn't get a chance to read it, it was about like back in my day, relationships uh, used to last. It wasn't because uh, we didn't know our worth. It was more about, wasn't because we didn't know our worth. It was more about not being drunk on our worth. Oh, and society has conditioned us in a way to make us feel like we're our worth is challenged, so therefore we have to compensate and overcome it and bring it up often. Oh, you don't know your worth, girl or guy or whatever, and get somebody that's going to treat you right. Oh, and keep playing this game of lottery, trying to find the right person in your life. Well, you're going to end up constantly in this weird battle and argument. So, uh, societally, we seem to be in a chain or trained to really not look to work on our relationships, but more of like how to identify where you're in a relationship that's not good or not satisfactory or not living up to your particular um, idea of value. Uh, there's so many variables that come into this, man. And we get places, there are people that are like, you know what, if, it's, if, if you're not arguing, you're not fighting, then is the relationship even worth it? Uh, because that'll come from the vein of the idea that in order for your relationship to be worth it, it needs to be hard work and hard work gives you your values and what you really should cherish. What do you do whenever a relationship isn't going a, in a way that is hard, that you're challenged in it? Oh, yeah. If you're already coming from that narrative, first off is likely you're going to cry. You're going to create some sort of chaos, some sort of challenge. Now we'll create chaos for a very validatable reason. If you spend time developing skills that are capable of dealing with chaos, you have put effort into developing yourself in that place. You're going to want to use that ability and you'll come up with ways of sabotaging what you're dealing with in that relationship to create chaos, to validate where you are, as well as to feel good about your skill sets. Now, this is on a deeper level than the subconscious or the, the conscious or superficial level where we look at it and say, oh, I don't do that. I'm not, I don't like to argue. Victim personas lie at that level of consciousness where people will do things to be victims. They'll also seek out relationships that also have that feedback of victimhood. So if you really want a long lasting and meaningful relationship, it's about time to actually consider that you may be living inside of the wrong um, reality of a relationship. You may be living inside of one that's actually that you need to fight in order to validate. So we've, things have been going too well. I'm feeling weird, feeling unco uncomfortable. That's mainly because you're used to having relationships be chaotic and challenging. 
Oh, it doesn't mean it's wrong. It doesn't mean it's right. There's plenty of people that'll fit that model that'll live in that thing with you and they're happy to, but also know that usually if somebody plays the role of a victim, they have a network behind them that expects them to be a victim, not on the conscious level or the, the superficial level where they're like, oh yeah, they're always a victim. Insightful people may notice that, but not everybody. Some people will placate it or play right into it where it's like, oh, I'm sorry. So you poor thing. And you get that, that acknowledgement that, yeah, you, you really are going through something and, you know, it's, you know, you're a better person because you're overcoming this or you don't need that in your life, or maybe they're toxic or something of that nature. So (laughs) that's why the other part of that meme at the end was, um, or do you treat your part? (laughs) It's actually about, if you don't like hearing that, that you may be drunk on your, your self-worth versus knowing your self-worth, which are, they're distinctly different things then square up. You know, it's, uh, I just, I laughed when I wrote it and I'm like, it's still now I'm like, it's, it's funny because squaring up when you get insulted, what do we typically seem to do right now in our society is those words offend me. I'm going to physically address this versus, Oh, I'm offended by that, but maybe I should look at why I'm offended or maybe we should talk more about what's going on here. So if you're going to go around and, you know, creating relationships that only give you just conversation pieces when you're dealing with other people and you're like, Hey, you know what? I'm going to go hang out with my peeps today or whatever. And then you go show up, you're hanging out with that person. And the topic is about how they're dealing with somebody in their life that is negative or toxic or undesirable and how they're going to overcome it. They're the advice circles. There's all of this stuff. If you're not playing into it, you need to sit there from the outside going, when can we talk about, you know, like the stock market or, you know, what, so, what songs we like, or, you know, if we're going to go out and dance or whatever that is. You'll eventually get to the point. You're like, I want to be part of this conversation. And it's like this subtle background movement to start trying to figure out what you can nitpick on with your partner. That'll give you enough topic value in the conversation to validate you for your friends. And then all of a sudden now it's like, well, I can, I'm seeing life a little bit differently. You didn't have problems in the relationship previous, but now you're likely to start creating problems in the relationship so that you have conversation pieces that you can have, that you, you can be a part of the conversation versus being an outsider. So also know that anytime you enroll somebody else in the frustrations you're dealing with, they're going to have an expectation that those frustrations continue. You build that rapport in the, the relationship. I like you. Yeah, I, I don't want to see you dealing with those frustrations and that that stuff. And then you, without that person's knowledge, go back and you repair your relationship with your partner. And then your friend, the next time you talk to them, they're like, how's he doing, by the way? Or how's she doing? Oh, being a jerk still? They do that thing that you were talking about that, that frustrated you. And you're like, oh, no, no, it's resolved now. It almost seems like it deflates the moment, deflates the conversation because there was an intention that wasn't, there was an idea that wasn't met. You, you condition the person to expect that. And it's a topic. Who wants to sit around and talk about the weather all day? Meteorologist. <laughs> uh, but the point is this, is that most I, I see on social medias and really overall in quite a few different places, people complaining about relationships. There's a reason for it. There's an economy inside of it. And are you subject to that economy? Now, maybe you're playing a role in the economy and you have an exchange value. You need to complain about something in order to validate your position. Could be. 
How many people actually live in a relationship with full control of what they're doing and who they are and responsibility for who they are? Oh, you'll catch little pieces that actually outline where you are in the relationship. If you say to yourself, and and I would ask this before I give an answer, um, is do you feel like, what do you feel is a good equation for a relationship? 50-50? So for the people that are tuned in on Facebook Live and or on the comment sections in the uh, YouTube channel, um, do you feel a relationship should be 50-50 in order to be successful? Though the answer for that for me is going to be no. 50% of the time you do the right thing for the relationship and then 50% of the time you don't, or you sit back with your arms folded waiting for the other person to do it for you, or give it 100%. If both people bring 100%, the relationship itself is at 100%. When you have another person into the equation, you're not dealing with 100% anymore on your own. You're responsible for up to 100%. The other person has theirs. If the other person brings 75% to the relationship, you bring 75% to the relationship, you're at 150, you're still 50 points short of actually having a fully functioning and healthy exchange value in the relationship. So two people involved, 200%. Now, one person, 100%. If you're going to do it 50% of the time and the other 50% of the time you're not, that's on you. You can't, it's, it's foolish to blame the other person for not holding up their end of the bargain when you only do it 50% of the time as well. We're not even engaging in relationships anymore where people want to grow together. We're engaging in relationships nowadays that just people want to have a topic, something to do, pass time. So relationships have entered a different kind of economy. It's no longer planning for the future with another person. It's what can we do for ourselves right now? Can I, will this person provide enough of a story in my life to validate what I'm experiencing and validate with my friends, my gripes? Is that really what kind of relationship you want to create? If it is, stop putting up billboards uh, telling the world you want something different. Oh, I see so incredibly often people are waiting for the right person to show up in their life. Every single time I hear I'm waiting for the right person is I'm waiting for the lottery. I always ask the question in that scenario, whoever says that they're waiting for the right person, I'll always ask, are you being who you would like to date? What would you consider to be attributes that you expect of the right person? Always honest. Awesome place. Awesome place. Are you always honest? but you expect somebody else to be honest when you're not, it's kind of, it's, it's a challenge amongst itself. Well, what about other variables? Willing to work on something. The other person has to be willing to work on the relationship. Are you? How much of a percentage do you expect them to be willing to work on the relationship? Figure it out. So if you say less than 100%, then when does they when do they clock into their shift? When do they start their effort? 10% of the time they work on the relationship? When are they checking in on that 10%? Are you keeping track of it? Are you keeping the books? A lot of us are keeping books on emotions about how the other person has slighted us and not so much about the work that's being put into it to help develop and create 
this meaningful and, and long lasting rewarding relationship that is inspiring to others. We're not trying to inspire others anymore. It seems like we're, well, not directly. We seem like we're more interested in creating hardship with others uh, or creating the drama. It's like everybody's living a soap opera. Get the hell out of here. Get out of the soap opera. It's your call. You don't have to, but you can. But what I see is I, I like to liken things in with some, with some humor values. And it seems like a lot of relationships seem to be the equivalent of going to watch a basketball game. And you're just looking for the greatest trash talker. Oh, hey, Fred. Sorry, brother. Uh, we knew we can set something up at another time to go live. But yeah, man, I'd you'd be fun to get on here and chat with me. Um, but uh, yeah, so as far as <laughs> yeah, as far as the um, the relationships and all of that and, and, and basketball is just imagine you're sitting at the sidelines and who do you like to watch? The one that's quiet, that seems to just be able to cohesively work with other people, but they're not taking a lot of risks. They're not doing a whole lot of crazy stuff. Or are you liking the one that really likes to talk trash? The one that will throw it in and just be like, you know, this is my house, you know, and like all of those, like the trash talking elements of that relationship, right? like of, of basketball, right? It's like, yeah, you know what? This is like, you know, the, the big, t uh, the big leagues, the ones that become their own character on the court. Oh, they're out there dunking on people and they're, they're treating them like chumps on the dance or on the, the, the court, uh, the, the basketball court. How many people do that in their relationships? Whenever I hear people venting about their relationship with other people, that's exactly what my mind goes to. It's like watching basketball. Like you're dunking, you're, you're trash talking your teammate. And worse yet, you're talking other people into not liking them. It's like you're orchestrating a freaking soap opera. Get the hell off of it. But that's also it falls into that alignment that I mentioned er, earlier as well, which is the, you know, know your self worth, but be careful not to get drunk on your self worth. If you're going around telling everybody, oh, I don't need this person, or, I don't need that person, and I'm going to get somebody that's going to appreciate me for this or that, oh, perhaps your idea of yourself is a bit inflated. Not saying as a guarantee every single time, but consider that. I'm good, Fred. Good to see you, bud. Uh, so. It's consider that a lot of the stuff that you're doing with other people and inventing is really just programming them to expect you to not be a happy person, not be a satisfied person. And as soon as the relationship starts going the way you want it to go, boom, now it's got all the kinds of problems because they're like, what the hell happened? Oh, it's like last week. Are you sure you're okay? You sure you're over that? And then you end up with the, are you sure's? which that's actually saying, not are you sure in the positive way, it's saying, I don't think you should be over that yet. Validate the reason and what you heard from them that got you over that. Because that's more what's interesting to me. So once you validate it, if it doesn't make sense to me and it's not valid to me, I'm going to push you harder on being upset again. It's an interesting dance that we play, but be careful. You're training people in your life to not want to see you be successful. Because it's that moment that you vent that, that nonsense or the moment you vent your frustration and the person is not your therapist, that person is now your armchair therapist, they're going to get so enrolled in it. There's more likely you're going to get the person enrolled in the upset and continue to lock that upset in place than you are to actually get that upset overcome. 
just know it. The other piece of advice that I'd give on that too would be this. Before you start venting, declare how you want the conversation to go. Could be, I'm just venting, I'm not looking for feedback. Or it could be, I'm venting and I'm looking for feedback. Just also be careful with the person that you're venting with. They may be looking for their opportunity to wedge between you and your partner. Whether it's just to have the satisfaction of having you as a, a closer friend because they're lonely or it's because they want an opportunity to experience you in a relationship. Oh, and they may not even be lonely. It may just be an opportunity to overcome something or prove something to themselves that they're capable of getting involved with you, you know, and validating that they, they have a value in it and that they, they deserve you uh, or that they deserve praise for bagging another one, you know? Oh, uh, Hey, Lindsay, good to see you jump on here too. Geisha. <laughs> All right. So I, are we dunking on our partners or are we actually trying to help build the team with them? You know, when you get into a relationship with somebody, just consider you can either have somebody you set the world on fire with and just, you know, and when I say that, I don't mean the world on fire in the positive way. I mean, they're burning it down. Oh, it's, it's damaging relationships. You try to build something up in your life and the person helps you tear it down because you're helping them tear it down by enrolling other people in the frustrations and the upsets. And the longer you stay in an emotional state of upset, the easier it is to be in an emotional state of upset. The longer you're in a happy place, the easier it is to be in a happy place. Uh, my next video tomorrow is going to be stuck on happy. So it's going to be an interesting, almost seeming contradiction to this one. <laughs> it's not though, I promise. Um, so with that, be careful with what kind of relationships you create. Become more conscious of your efforts and your activities throughout. Did you have clear-cut expectations? No. Are you really out to try to sabotage your relationship from the very beginning because you get a lot more reward out of getting people upset or, or venting your frustrations and having them come back and say, you know what? You do have value. You have topics that we can talk about. I appreciate you and blah, blah, blah. Oh, it's... Yeah, we're training people all the time. As soon as you take your hands off the wheel, you're still training people. But they're also training you how to expect or how to behave and how to expect to behave. So dunk on your partner or create something worthwhile. Build your future with somebody, even if it's not necessarily guaranteed to go forever. It can simply just be that person is there for the time being. You can say, you know what? I'd like to have a partner in my life that's going to be there the rest of my life. That would be amazing. But I'm also not going to sit and grow old waiting for that person to show up and not experience relationships in the meantime. But stop waiting on the lottery or you'll be better. It'd be the cat lady right? or the cat guy or the dog guy or whomever, right? That just supplements their life with the things that they collect around them and what they hoard. Or you can have a created and exciting life but also try not to damage the other person's reputation too much out of your own upset. If you don't like other people doing it to you, stop doing it to them or other people. It doesn't have to be to them as if it's a direct reciprocal type of thing. I do to you, therefore you do to me. That's just not uncommon. But if you're putting it out into the world that you're happy, you're happy, you're happy. And then all of a sudden you're upset. And as soon as you get upset, you act like a toddler. You're probably going to attract more of that. Like, I just want a good guy in my life or a good girl in my life. 
There's reasons why people don't like dating the good one in their life, the one that's stable, the one that's consistent, the one that doesn't really create a whole lot of excitement. And that's because they don't create a lot of excitement. In conversations with other people as well as in life, they don't make you feel your pulse. Sometimes that makes you feel like you're in the wrong place. So just know if you're asking for the good guy or girl, perhaps you should look for the person that just makes you feel the most like you're who you are. And then just be okay with the relationship being whatever it is. If it's a year, if it's a couple of months, however long the relationship lasts, be okay with that. Try to create something as long lasting as possible, but at the same time, don't turn them into the enemy simply because you've grown apart or that you created that you didn't communicate well enough to actually understand the other person's experiences in life. Who you are at 20 is not who you are at 30. And along the way, every single time you give up something, they're like, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. I'll stop going out line dancing or whatever the hell it is that you do. You know, that's your thing that you enjoy doing. The other person says, probably shouldn't do that anymore. Or I don't really like doing that. And then you're like, you know what? For now, that's okay. I'm okay with not doing it. But then over time, you're like, you know what? I actually don't really, like I want to go out and do that. Now it's a game of how many fights or disagreements is it before that thing you gave up starts to become important again? I'm okay with not going bowling every Wednesday night. Six months later, 80 minor disagreements or some sort of like, you know, value, uh, degrees of fighting. And then you end up with, no, I'm going bowling on Wednesday night. Oh, I'm going to go out with the boys or the girls. Oh, whomever, right? But not with you. And then resentment starts to slide into its place. And before you know it, resentment is a slow poison to love. It's usually not an immediate reaction. It kills things over time. But a lot of times resentment's also where you may not have had the bravery to stand up for who you are and what you believe, how you feel. Oh, you could also do that to somebody else by just simply enroll other people and them being a jerk. Here's my, my position or my advice on this, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, close up the, the episode here uh, unless there's any questions that, would be, uh, that anybody has. Uh, how about you have conversations with other people in your life as if your partner's right there with you? If what you're about to say to that other person is something that you would say with the other person or with your partner present, would that be something that you're comfortable with? Or is it something that you would rather the, uh, that your partner not know that you share with somebody else as you tell them, you know what? I don't like when they do this thing or they have dirty underwear or whatever it is. Right. And then if that gets back to your partner, now it's a, it's a, it's a different level of pain because there's this betrayal that they've trusted you and you let them down or you, you abuse the trust. Oh, consider that when you do have those conversations with people, stop for a second and think, Am I about to say something that I'm okay with saying in front of my partner? And if you're not, then maybe you're just not in the right relationship or it's time to get to work. Lace up those sneakers. Stop dunking on your partner trying to win points so that you can win the big game, which by the way, you win the big game. That means that you aren't together anymore and you work your butt off to actually get out of that relationship by arguing or, or creating these, these unnecessary and ugly distractions or these conversations that tear them apart. All right, I'm going to close it here for now. Uh, I appreciate everyone who's checked in. 
Uh, for you, those of you that aren't aware, there is the YouTube channel. It's growing up in the wilds of suburbia. I just started using YouTube Live to, or um, Facebook Live to uh, kind of give a little bit more of an audience. And, and I have had quite a few requests to do these videos on Facebook Live as well. Uh, but you could always go to YouTube, go to Growing Up in the Wilds of Suburbia, uh, subscribe, hit the bell notification. It'll let you know whenever these videos are going to go live. Uh, and also give you a direct recap in case Facebook drops it at any point in time. You could always go to the archives there or my podcasts, uh, which are, um, I rarely use this. So you always just attach the link. Anchor.com. So it's my name at anchor.com. Chad Bershier is at anchor.com. All right. Um, I really appreciate everyone checking in who has actually stuck around. And uh, for those that actually did catch anything here, please uh, in the comment section, put down the things that you're taking away from this call or this, this uh, episode. And I, I look forward to finding that out in the meantime, though, consider that what you're going to say about your partner should be said in front of your partner or with the confidence that your partner is okay to hear it. That'll actually reduce some of those upsets and frustrations and expect and ask that your partner does the same for you you might find your relationships last longer oh, and also have more meaning and fruitfulness, less arguments and fights. Oh, it's your call, it's your life, your relationships. Do them your way. Oh, with that, we're all in this together. Until the next time and the next video, think critically. Oh, and uh, I appreciate your time. Absolutely appreciate all of you. We're in this together, so let's do it together. In the meantime, enjoy the rest of your day. Looking forward to our next video. Enjoy.